Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Science of Pokemon. I am your host, Veteran Lucas, and with me today, as always, is Professor Collins and Fisherman Don. Unfortunately, Fisherman Don cannot be with us right now, but he'll be with us in just a moment. How are you doing, Professor? Uh, good. Uh, you know, not sure how I'm going to do this episode. Uh, this really isn't my uh, cup of tea. I think the most patriotic I get is Sam the Eagle from The Muppets. Okay, hang on. I got I got the perfect song for this, and we're gonna play it on our way out. Can you wait? Okay, I'm playing. Wait, hold on. Yeah. In the words of Sam the Eagle, I feel my job is to make sure this program is morally upright, cultural, and wholesome. Hmm. Yes, uh, that's that's one way to go. It or alternatively, cue the music. <laughs> Hey guys, what I miss? Freedom. Everything. Freedom and democracy. I was there for the freedom, Lucas. <laughs> All right, guys, for those who couldn't figure it out, today's episode, we're talking about America. We're talking about the good old United States of America and some of the wildlife and some of the most interesting things about this country. Now, can I just say, and I know this is said only a few times, I really, really like living in the United States. Don, how about yourself? Uh, yeah, I enjoy it quite a bit. Matt? Uh, we'll get back to Matt. So I have my reservations. <laughs> and that's okay. That's what I love about this country. You know, there are a lot of good things. Because, you know, uh, my new daughter and I were just talking about this today. Because she gets jealous because my, my actual, my birth daughter and I, because she is so intelligent, we do talk politics. And, you know, I, I there are a lot of things that America's done that I'm really proud of. And then there are moments where I'm like, uh... And that's the thing I love the most about this country. Like, there's more than just the hodgepodge of immigrants, more than just the massive size. I love the fact that there can be such a... There can be people who find this country, we have flaws in it, and yet there's still things that I love about it that we're allowed to complain, that we're allowed to say, hey, that's not right, let's fix it. My favorite show, uh, you know, I've mentioned before, Make Me Smart, from uh and uh from APM Marketplace. They were just talking about this last uh last week actually about um those feelings tend to divide upon party lines, but you typically find the most reflective people tend to be people who study the social sciences like history or sociology because they are aware of things that have actually happened in our past. And I think I think that's a determining factor too of how you feel. Like I, I, I love a lot of all the good things we've done, but I also recognize some of the bad things we've done too. So before we get any deeper, I do think we need to focus on the new we gotta get to the news first. America <laughs> So the big thing in Pokemon that dropped was the uh, the new trailer that dropped off uh, four Pokemon of one of which we already knew. So that was Yamper, Roly Coley, Dureludon, and Alakrem. What did you guys think of those four? Uh the giant cake terrifies um, me. I haven't had, I haven't eaten yet today, so um, I, I hunger for the giant cake. <laughs> I, I honestly think that just the Great British Bake Off had some influence on this Pokemon. That is like one of the best shows to watch. My, uh, uh, so the the five year old is like super excited for the, the giant fairy cake. Um. <laughs> I, I like the um Gigamaxing, like just of it changing its yeah. shape. I think. That's I mean, cool. it's like. 
It's like Mega Evolution with Z move. I also like how my boy, my boy Dreadnought, his um, Gigamax move is to hurt you and drop Stealth Rocks, which is just fantastic to me. I'm telling you, man, depending on his stats, that could be competitively viable. Don, I did want to ask you, a Roly Coley's ability of the new one, Steam Engine, what did you think of that? Um, Which one was that again? I'm sorry. I'm... He gets hit by fire or water. His speed drastically increases. Uh, increases. Um... What's his typing? I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm. He's the rock. So honestly, I could see him being. Assuming we have a sunsetter, I'm hoping for my precious sun Torkoal to be viable or legal. We have nine tails. We oh, we have, have nine tails. Okay, so um, honestly, I could yeah. see that being pretty solid, depending on how how fast his base speed is, since we will have some sun to mitigate the water weakness and. He'll resist fire already, so that could be. Honestly, I think that's a really cool ability. I'm hoping we see some goodness out of it. I don't know, man. I I feel like it's gonna be like. So it seems like almost like. Uh, what's the ability, Gastrodon? Storm gets? Drain is amazing. Yeah, but it's not amazing on everybody. But it's amazing on Gastrodon. Yeah, so that's my point. I feel like this steam engine. We don't know enough about the stats yet. Yeah. That that could really determine if it's viable or not. Yeah, I I think as a uh, going into it, I think it might get some early use, especially with some weird like lava plume nine tail set or something. But I mean, uh, if it, if it has like Zubat stats, it's it's screwed. If I didn't already yeah. have a rock type plan for my team, I'd put him on there. For now, he he'll he'll stay on the back burner. Is your rock type the turtle? <laughs> yes, Dreadnought. Are you kidding? He's a glorious boy. He's a beautiful boy. <sighs> I mean, why not too? I don't want to. I like to have like separate types throughout my team when I'm going through it. I like to cover my bases, and I only put new Pokemon in because I really don't want to play with the same Pokemon I've played with. I'm using Tyranitar. I've already decided it's happening. Uh, I am so excited for the pseudo legendaries that are in these games. I can't even like tell you. I mean, what do you think of uh, Duraludon, the one that kind of looks like a pseudo? It's a steel dragon. It looks the steel thing. You that mean, looks awesome. That looks you awesome. Mean, you mean Mecha Godzilla versus Godzilla? Yeah, to be fair, Mecha but Godzilla like, wins. We need Mecha Godzilla. Summon him now. New Godzilla was pretty hype. Uh, everybody that hasn't seen it yet, I enjoyed it a lot. I own the. The 90s version, Mecha Godzilla versus Godzilla. Oh, I have all the old Godzillas. My family got me a box set for Christmas. <laughs> all right. I think that was the main Pokemon news that was covered. So I think without further ado, we got to get to the actual America. All right. So the idea of talking about the United States and some of the Pokemon influencing it came to me while I was celebrating the 4th of July with our man Fisherman Don. That party was sick. You Florida yeah. people are crazy. Yeah, Lucas came down to a, what has been described by another friend of mine as a – he came to my Florida man trap house, as it's been referred to. <laughs> Is it full of traps? It's full Actually, of like yes. fishing spear guns. So wait, 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 which kind of traps? The Japanese kind or the D&D kind? The stone crab catching kind. <laughs> It was okay. awesome. We ate so much fish. They fried potatoes up. We had fireworks. You really shouldn't have had, but we still launched them. Yeah, my, you um, know what? We all my... went and saw Spider-Man. So, oh well, no. One of my roommates is an apprentice taxidermist, and he, the taxidermist's son gave him some homemade fireworks that were. We were told not to use them on asphalt or concrete because it would crack it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are crazy. You're going to kill yourselves. Oh, no, no. We had a fire pit. It was fine. We were perfectly safe with it. I had 911 on speed dial. Oh, God. No, but um, as we were saying in the beginning, 
I we have our feelings about this country, and it's our home more than anything else to all of us. The thing we all agree on is that it is our home. And I wanted to talk a bit about the United States more as a country than its history. If you want to learn American history, go read a nice proper history book. We can give you some podcast suggestions if you want. Uh, more. You should read James Lowen and James Lowen and Ken Burns. Okay, yeah. And James Lowen. In terms of just sheer mass, the United States is one of the largest nations on the planet. It covers roughly 3.8 million square miles. And if you take away Alaska, it's just under 3 million. So Alaska makes up a huge chunk of our land. It is home to not just over 330 million people, but almost every biome under the sun can be found in the United States. You can have coniferous forests, you can have prairies, deciduous forests, desert biomes, wetland bios. I mean, you can even count the um, the rainies forests of the Washington state almost like a rainforest. That's There's so many different varieties just on the coast and the ocean alone that the United States is pretty much – one of the reasons it's so great is that it has so many different environments, so many different resources to work with. Oh. I, I would totally agree with you as far as like studying it, like by bi biologically or ecologically, like it's diversity is a huge, huge. Benefit. Most people don't even realize that the animals they love came from here. Horses came from North America and made their way to Europe. And then the Spanish brought them back. Like this is like, a cr there's so we had lions here. We had rhinos here. There was so much cool stuff. Even back. Oh, yeah, in the we past. had cheetahs was another with the American cheetah, which was larger than the African cheetah. <laughs> Wait, what? Yep. Yep. Also, there's quick, quick, How, quick wait, aside. Wait, hold on. How have I never heard of this? Let me do a quick aside real quick. The, um. What? No, 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 no. You don't do it's that. Related, don't it's related, it's related to the cheetah. What? So we currently have the pronghorn antelope, which is a weird, weird animal um, that lives yes. in the American Midwest and West. And it's a relic from the Ice Age times when we had the American cheetah. And that's why they're so fast. Oh, you mean like during the Ice Age? Yeah, this was a while ago. This wasn't recent. Oh, you you're like you made me think no. like like I had missed something in like history class like in 1487. No, no, but the prong, no. the pronghorn like, can oh run my God. the pronghorn can run like 55 miles an hour, which is 20 miles an hour faster than like a wolf. And it's a relic from the cheetah being around. Why does a deer need to move that fast? Because there used to be Not cheetahs, antelope, <laughs> and other there used fun to be lions out there. <laughs> yeah, other fun pronghorn fact about the old coevolution with the cheetahs and the lions is because they are so adapted to open plains, they can't jump. They don't. They never had obstacles because it was always open plains. So like, if a pronghorn antelope runs into a fence, runs into a fence, it has to like power slide under it, or it can't get around the fence because it doesn't know uh how to jump. I want to take a power sliding antelope, put some like 90s Eurobeat from the initial D anime as it does. It just deja vu. It just slides right underneath it because that would be fantastic. Steal normal antelope Pokemon with speed boost incoming. Let's go. Let's yeah, go. So there, if you count all the plants and animals, there are tens of thousands of species that can really only be found here. And this whole environment is we just We have the bison. Ha ha. Oh, we'll get to the bison. We will get to the bison. I can't wait to talk about the bison. <laughs> but it's we, such we, a vast we, we, landscape. We just it's, saw a bison over the weekend. I saw we're, one the other day. We where were at? in. Where are you people uh, seeing we bison? The, uh, well, we, we went to the Columbus Zoo, Jack Hanna's Zoo. Okay. And uh, they have a several bison. And uh, Lai was really impressed with how gigantic they are. They're big boys. <laughs> she was like, whoa, I didn't realize they'd be that big. And I was like, yeah, they're pretty big. <laughs> 
So one of the um, interesting things, if you look at American culture as a whole, Americans are super into the outdoors when compared to other countries. Like Americans have loved camping and going outdoors and roughing it. If you look at the number of campsites in the United States, it is jaw dropping. Like you can go, if you drive through Florida, you're going to find a ton of different exits. They're all going to have some weird stuff. Almost all of them are going to have some kind of campground. Uh, one of the other things that's important with the United States is that no matter what we see on the history, the ideals of the United States has always been this focus on on the individual, which I find such a stark difference from, let's say, Japanese culture, where it's the idea of working as a collective unit and for the betterment of the group. And that individualism is what has driven so many Americans to do so many different things. A good way to describe it is someone saying, you can't go to the moon. I'm like, oh, really? I think I can. As an individual, I think I believe I can do that. And that's kind of been that drive. Yeah. It, drive for good or for bad, it's been that drive. The other thing it, is – That was yeah, – but the, the moon thing was out of fear. Out of fear and hatred for the Russians. Either way, we beat them commies. So that's the important thing. We beat them commies. <laughs> Did yes. we really? We beat the Russians Did to the moon. Really? I mean not to space, but you know, to the moon. <laughs> Uh, the other thing, if, if you ever want to look at something really interesting, look up American Nations, a history of the 11 rival regions, regional cultures in North America. That's a mouthful. And it describes the United States, uh, America, as 11 different nations. And it's one of the most interesting reads because America, we when people think of America, well, people think of like the one culture. But if you actually look at it the way this author describes it, America is really seven nations slapped together. I, I... – I learned that in geography, actually, in college, uh, where I met a very cute girl. But uh, uh, and I was impressed because the state that has the most cultures and the most uh, geographically defin uh, definitive features is which state? Ohio, Florida. Yep. Yeah. 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 We were owned by like five different places because because you guys have like you guys have like everything from plains to swamps to coastal regions. We don't have mountains. To... We don't need them. I have been to the highest. My family lives near the highest point in Florida. How high is the is, highest point in Florida? Is it, wait, is the highest point in Florida? Is it Space Mountain? It is not. It's um. It's over in Mount Dora, and it's I think it's three hundred and twenty-seven feet. I'll have you know. You know, there's some fan in Denver that's like laughing his butt off right now. <laughs> I'm laughing at you. <laughs> yeah, guys. enjoy Come your on. not oxygen Denver fan. Loser. <laughs> oh God, I hate breathing in Denver so much. So enjoy that they don't have gators. I like alligators are awesome. I don't know what you're talking about. So the one thing that I will right. to take the tangent <laughs> back. When the United States being a melting pot, it's been a phenomenal thing, in my opinion, of just how this country has grown. The one downside to it is that when people brought their stuff with them, occasionally it was certain animals. So that's why the United States is also a hotbed for invasive species. Cows and pigs aren't from here. Pigs are an invasive species. Pigs are a huge issue. Yeah. Well, 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 a huge delicious issue. Uh, domesticated cats are, are a huge nuisance to, to the local – and natural ecosystem. I mean, they, they've put entire bird species in That's extinction. That's not just to mention Burmese pythons, fire ants, uh, snakes. Yeah, the game being a giant pouch rat, but that one's kind of nice. <laughs> that one is a weird one. We're not even going to get into that. Black squirrels <laughs> in Ohio. I've, I've actually caught several uh, different species of chameleons in South Florida now. We have all sorts of fun stuff. 
What? Yep. People have their pets loose here, man. You can resell them for $100. This is so it's a weird, weird man. country. America. We live in a weird country. No other country in the past 100 years has had such weird influence on almost everything. Well, and that's, you know, I, I've, I've, I don't know, it's been talked about a lot. You know, part of that does have to do with the fact that it is a melting pot. Because it has that diversity, it statistically has a higher likelihood of variation than like a straight, you know, common. I think genome. it's also important to understand that we've gone about ten minutes without making a Teddy Roosevelt reference. So I'll just say it now. Our boy oh, He's the best. I was already gonna shout out to Teddy Roosevelt. So, so he made the National Park Service, and so before we wrap up and get to the Pokemon, just have one thing to say. And boxed people. Go visit and Judo. Go visit a national park. If you turn off this episode now and don't go to a national park, I'm gonna... And JP Morgan was terrified of him. And JP <laughs> Everyone was. So was John John D. Rockefeller. They were all the point scared is, of Roosevelt. This country has a lot of people with mixed feelings on it. I personally love this country. I think it's uh, my favorite place to live on the planet. Can we all agree though, like that Teddy Roosevelt was amazing? We all agree as Americans that Number Teddy Roosevelt president. was amazing. If it's the one thing we could agree on. No, 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 no. Not, not, not all Americans will agree on that. Can the three of us all agree that Teddy Roosevelt was amazing? A hundred percent. He's my, he's my favorite president. In that case, God bless America. Let's get to some Pokemon <laughs> and go visit your national park. All right, so I think it's time we talk about our first Pokemon, Bufalant, based on the bison. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. What did Bufalant say to his kid when he went off to college? What? I don't care. Bye, son. Boo. <laughs> you know what? Take this segment Take this segment while I'm throwing up. That was disgusting. Get out of here. Get okay. out of here. I don't care. I don't care. So the American bison, or buffalo, is an amazing animal. Um, I'm a, I'm a, so it's huge. almost hunted to extinction, though. Railroad railroad companies, man. Yeah, um, it goes back farther than that and more intricate than that. I, there's one bo- I would recommend. A, um, there's a really interesting read, um, American Bison or, or American Buffalo in Search for Lost Icon. Anyway, so um, the American Bison is uh, hugely intertwined with a lot of aspects of American culture, going back to the whole Manifest Destiny area and beforehand. Um its numbers peaked at around, like, I think it was 16 million is sort of the mid-range estimate. Some have higher, some have lower, like, massive herds that would take days to pass. And uh, an interesting kind of theory that's come to light recently with that number is that before, like, by the time the Western settlers got to that area, the diseases they brought over had gotten there first. So the numbers of Native Americans in the area had been hit pretty hard by smallpox, uh, like diphtheria and the other such you know, European diseases. So bison numbers had actually skyrocketed by the time the European settlers got out that way. Oh, so they just weren't anybody eating them. Exactly. And like at that point, humans, Native Americans were one of their number one predators. Um, there's many uh, archaeological sites of buffalo jumps where they would uh, basically just, you know, either start a fire or just, you know, uh, chase buffalo to rile them up and get the trick them into running off certain cliffs where the angle of the cliff with the buffalo's eyeline wouldn't make the buffalo not think there was a cliff and they could chase an entire herd of buffalo off a cliff that way jesus and then they would be very sure to make sure that no buffalo um 
escaped from that herd because if it did they um there was a fear that it could spread that knowledge to other buffalo and they wouldn't fall for the same trick again in the future that makes sense cows and bison just as smart as horses they probably figure it out so with bufalant when i'm reading its pokedex entry a lot of it is based on its afro and how it can like take a hit but that's not a thing though like that's the hair it's actually all in the spine we actually talk about this a bit in a past episode where their spine is actually and their skull is specifically built for running into stuff like their skull is framed in such a way that it's actually able to absorb the impact they don't need their fur to do it the fur is just really helpful in not you know freezing to death in the arctic and the uh, tundra that is the plains during the winter exactly buffalo have amazing cold resistance which i'm actually surprised buffalo doesn't get thick fat um there was a study that was semi-ethical a long time ago they did where they took a shipping container and put i think they had a, a scottish highland cattle like a yak and a buffalo and they put them in there and they would just drop the temperature until the animal was like shivering uncontrollably and um the Scottish Highland cattle tapped out and then the yak and the actually the mechanism couldn't get any colder and the Buffalo had still shown no changes in um, its reaction to the I cold. like all of that, except for the whole semi-ethical thing. That was, that's not ethical. <laughs> not even semi-ethical. And, well, they didn't, you, I said you semi because they didn't, or not ethical. they didn't kill There's no them. in between. And they were all okay after. You're so not like, it's not like being like, you either killed something or you didn't kill something. Like, there's no That's about as ethical as when we it's learned rhinos can run 30 miles an hour. We chased them with a truck to figure that out. L- Lucas. Yeah. Lucas. This guy is almost dead. It is almost. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bufalin. He's only mostly, he's only he's mostly only mo- dead. Other, uh... Bufalin's a great Pokemon. I love him. Oh, Bufalin is a great Pokemon. And, um, I kind of like how he's in, um, he's very kind of french he's in kalos which is like the france region mm-hmm. yeah and um I, I believe it's lascaux was the cave in france where there was it's like a famous cave painting cave i might be pronouncing that wrong i'm sorry french people um where there were there are like cave paintings of buffalo and being hunted oh that's cool and um in his his appearance wise he kind of has a little bit of a similarity had if you were to remove his very impressive fro um i'd imagine his horns would be pretty big and there was an extinct uh, separate species of bison, um, bison latifrons, which um, much larger actually than the current bison that went extinct back during the previous like glacial area. Um, it's kind of buffalo. It reminds me of it. If you put a, like an afro on bison latifrons, bison latifrons was uh, over two meters um, tall at the shoulder. That's a, which that's is massive. enormous. That's wait, over wait, six wait, feet. Which wait, 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 two meters. Yeah, yeah, but like. That's American a- bison are like ten feet at the shoulders. They're not ten feet at the shoulder. <laughs> Just saw Yo, one. Let, it was gigantic. Up, relax. This is what the internet's for. It's okay. Hang on. Hang on. Bison size. Everyone, look it up on your Googles. Everyone, take your bet. Let's see here. Length nine feet. Okay, that's, that's fine. What? There's ah! no way it was only six feet. Tall. It looks. That's, that's at the shoulder. Six and a half. That's at the shoulder. To be fair. I don't know about the American bison. But bison latifrons was, if I remember correctly, the lar- it was the, known as the giant bison um, from its fossil record. It was the largest bison subspecies. And it also had... So as big as your daughter thought it was, it's bigger. And it also it, it is estimated to weigh um, about 2,700 pounds. And m- almost most importantly, it's, it's its horns of the... Um, I definitely recommend 
all listeners giving bison latifrons, spelled how it sounds at like Google, um, its horns measured, of the ones found, 84 inches from tip to tip, which compared Ew. to 26 inches from the modern bison. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of this now, and I got to say that is, it's like a Watusi cattle on steroids. Good thing it's dead. <laughs> That's <laughs> literally every time we look up a fossil on this show, it's like good thing it's dead because we're scared of it. <laughs> we would all be screwed. Yeah, they, um, <laughs> elephant bird. Ah! They think it was uh, it was replaced later by bison antiquus, which later evolved into the uh, the smaller bison bison, which is our current American bison. Bison 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 bison. bison, bison. bison. Is that like bear bear There's, bear? Do you know about the um the longest grammatically correct repeating American sentence? No. No. One second. Let me um, pull it up real quick because I don't remember exactly how it is. But it is um, – and here we go. It is – and it's very topical. It's buffalo, 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 buffalo. Yes. What? So buffalo um, – let me find the exact bu- – the baffle, buffalo, no. buffalo. Yeah. No. It, We're done. I, That's terrible. It's a real – it's a it's a grammatically <laughs> correct sentence. English sucks. Oh. English does – Get a little weird, but oh, here it is. Here it is. Bison who are intimidated or bullied by bison who are themselves intimidated or bullying bison from the city of Buffalo. That's fantastic. <laughs> okay, we we've, we've spent enough time being buffaloed by buffalo, so let's just move on. All right. So with all that out of the way, uh, we got to get to the biggest news that came out of Gen Eight. We gave so much crap to Maractus, but you know what? Like, Game Freak saw us, called our bluff, Maractus showed up in a Gen 8 trailer, so we have to talk about that cactus now. Alright, so, I I like Maractus, but it also, like, makes me sad every gen, um, because it has three amazing abilities, and every time I'm looking for a Storm Drain Mon, or something with Water Absorb, and Maractus always comes up, and then I'm excited, and then I look at the rest of it, and then I'm sad. I, I can understand that pain, but I got to talk. I, I flipped the coin between the two cactuses. We'll talk about Cacturn and Cacnea later, but let's talk about Maractus now. So Maractus is actually based on a cactus, duh, but cactuses, uh, cacti are only found in North America except for one species in Africa, and that is the mistletoe cactus so there are over 1700 species of cactus and they're all found between north america through central and south america the one maractus is based off is mostly the prickly pear uh the prickly pear if uh, don you have one right yes i was given one of uh, like three pears basically in a little thing as a small child i planted it in the, my parents backyard promptly forgot about it and now it's roughly six by ten feet jesus it's, it's big. Uh, it, it it sounds huge. Uh, but with the prickly pear, it's a really cool plant because not only are its fruits edible to tons of wildlife, like it's actually a really cool way of dispensing food to all these animals to spread its seeds, but it's also a major part of Mexican cuisine. Mexican cuisine actually uses parts of the cactus and cooks it, and it's a main staple ingredient in several traditional dishes. Wait a minute. I've never seen that in my Taco Bell. That's because you shop in Ohio and they don't take them that far up. We actually have them in Florida. I mean, we it's Taco Bell. Wait, wait, Taco Bell has them in Florida. No, but no. It, 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 they would if they could. No, it was a. <laughs> I think there's actually a couple growing outside the Taco Bell closest to me. <laughs> but it, and I have eaten them before. They're not bad. They're kind of meaty for a plant. 
I think the other fact to point out is that it's seen, it's almost like, and it makes a maracas-like sound, dances to high temple music. So it's a, it's a small reflection on Mexican culture. I feel like it's important to touch on that here. What's really weird is that it, in the Pokedex, it says that Maractus uses the sound of Scareway Bird Pokemon. It is literally the opposite of what this cactus wants to do. This cactus wants to spread its fruit anywhere that it can it shouldn't want to scare away the birds it just wants to make sure that they take the fruit so whatever miraculous is scaring away the birds it's not going to last very long all right so next up is um so i have a personal story for the both of you uh when i was in college we came across uh vanillax we came across him and we learned to love him for his goofiness to this day me and my friends have a saying called two scoops Whenever we see each other, we yell out two scoops because we knew Vanellix as the best Pokemon. Vanellix is one of my top five Pokemon, and I know that it's heresy amongst Pokemon fans. I know that some people have literally called out Vanellix as the worst Pokemon. I am here to make a stand for Vanellix. If you boys are willing to join me on this one, I am willing to take you on this journey. Are you with me? I never thought I would die standing side by side with a Vanellix lover. <laughs> Matt, you with me? Yeah. Fine. To battle. So, ice cream and America go really well together. The second largest consumer of ice cream on the planet. Wait. Who's winning? Who's winning? Who's beating us? That's because our portions are gigantic. No, no, we're the second largest consumers. We are not. There's. Take a guess. You have over 200 options to pick from. What country is beating us in ice cream consumption? Brazil. Nope. You'll never guess it in a million years. It's going to be like Belgium or someplace. The no. Netherlands. <laughs> yeah, Belgium. New Zealand. Come on, guys. We have to step up. Yeah. Step it up, America. It's all the hobbits. Back, all back the in, hobbits. A 20, in a 2013 survey, New Zealand was the biggest consumer of ice cream currently. Uh, China was the one who first invented it, uh, but it spread to the nobility and the rich around Europe and Asia. It was pretty much like you, you need a lot to make ice cream. Like it's not something anyone could ever afford. It was like a mystical delicacy. You could not get this stuff because the amount of work needed to make even a small amount was disgustingly expensive considering you'd need to get salt, you'd need to get ice, you'd need to be able to get the cream and have it all mixed together in the same place. Now, that was the reality until the 1850s when ice was able to be stored better, and that's where the profession of the soda jerk came about in 1871. So ice cream is – He was definitely a jerk. <laughs> no, the soda jerk was an actual like – that was when that new profession took off. But the history of ice cream actually takes us into kicking the crap out of Nazis, which is what I love. In World War II, uh, there were troops – the troops in the United States were served ice cream, and the branch of the United States military would compete to see who can serve the best kinds of ice cream to the troops. It was used as a morale booster for these troops who missed the comforts of home. That's what a lot of the dairy, um, uh, the dairy rationing was sent for, was helping them get that morale boost. So ice cream helped to beat the Nazis, and I think that's worth loving Vanellix a little bit more. Good for. job, Vanellix. Hey, come on, you've been all day. Come on. But, like, of all the flavors... <laughs> of all the flavors you choose of ice cream, you choose to be salty, Professor. <laughs> so, what's terrifying about Vanillix isn't that it's ice cream. It's the fact that it can hold a blizzard inside its body just by absorbing water. 
the average wind speed of a blizzard. It's dipping dots. It is dipping dots on steroids. Like it can hold a category <laughs> one hurricane of snow and pain inside of itself. In the Pokedex entry, they say they are loved by skiers and snowboarders because they can help create like snowfall. You know what that means? This Pokemon could help fight climate change on mountaintops. This thing is awesome. Even if it loses its head, it doesn't care. I don't think the Pokemon world has climate change. It will. We have a roly-coly. It's going to have climate change now. I mean, what happens when Groudon just, like, shows up sometimes? No, no. There's, like, there's no word for climate change because, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because, like, it, the climate just changes consistently. So it's just, like, Groudon, like, shows up. There's just, uh, who's going to win in a fight over the battle? A giant, unmistakable deity? We, we, we talked about this in one of our panels. Panels at ColossalCon, Don and I. Just the cl- how the climate was changing? <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, why that is terrible and what the cost would be. Okay, but I'm saying who would win in the fight? One ungodly monster of the sun and the land or one or one creamy boy? <laughs> fish. The fish. The answer is fish. I do want to also point out that Vanillix can lose its head and st- one of its heads and be like, eh, whatever, and still keep going. Which I still think is that's some C star level regeneration and not care. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. So if they don't, if people don't like Vanillex, that's fine. But I will stand my ground for two scoops. I will have a two scoop shirt made at some point of this podcast history, and I will attempt to sell it. Two scoops now, two scoops forever. All right, guys, who's ready to answer the call in Storm Area Fifty One? No, I, I am. I want to get a drone and fly it close enough to Area why, 51 to watch it. Why aren't we storming the Amazon headquarters? You're right. Let's take their drones and use them to fight Area 51. Bezos will tell us all into slavery. Please storm Capitol Hill. Do something useful. <laughs> Are you saying saving our alien brothers and sisters is not useful? <laughs> Uh, uh, if, in all seriousness, if anybody is listening to this, please do not try and raid Area 51. As Professor said, please use your time more constructively and in a way where you will not be attacked by one of the strongest militaries on the planet. I think the last guy that tried to do it got shot. So, I mean, as you would when you walk. I mean, a- like the highest funded military on the planet by like 20 times. Yeah, so you really don't want to go walking around and messing with the United States military. Rule number one. For the first part is you basically, you have to, if you want any shot at it, you're walking 10 miles through the Nevada desert in like August or whenever it's planned. So, um, yeah, that's not fun either. So the reason we're bringing up Area 51 is because one of the most forgotten Pokemon ever shows up in gen 5 behen yem b behen it's it's b is that how you say it is that how wait how, how do you B-H-E-M. say it? that was it thank you behem and lgm lgm and behem lgm and behem you know what they stand for right uh behem bhm was the word for ufos right i know that one no it was bm and it be as in bem uh-huh. and uh lgm as in a bug-eyed monster and little green monster or little green man Oh, that's Which were two of the original words for aliens. So what's fo- so fun about this Pokemon is that it's every like UFO cliche packed into a single Pokemon. Um, they're based primarily on the grays. So when you see an alien with the bug eyes, big head, like that's when you're thinking of an alien right now, it's usually going to be the grays. You're thinking of Paul. So what's fun about UFO sightings in the United States is that we are the number one place in the world. For UFO sightings, and it's Washington State that's number one. Is that, wait, is that because we are like the most crazy? No, it's partially that though. So 
the next two places are the UK and France, and it's it's a cultural thing. If a culture is more receptive to believing that life is out there, they're going to start seeing more UFOs. Now, I know there's probably someone who's about to send us a chart and some files about why aliens are have come to this planet. I believe that life is out there somewhere. I do not believe that the government has put them in a bunker. Uh, that's, that's I do know. I know that one prevailing theory about their like spike in UFO alien sightings after like like which I think peaked in like started up in like the fifties sixties area. Um, people correlate it with like the like first use of like nuclear weapons and energy because supposedly that like bumped the world up peg in the intergalactic community. So people think that's why aliens started scoping us out. We've been seeing UFOs since the Puritans in the 1600s. Like there have been UFO sightings forever. But what's really weird is when I say they shoved every cliche into this thing, I mean they shoved every cliche into this thing. This thing can wipe people's memories with flashes of light. It can mess with your mind. You don't know where you've been. Agent K. What's really fun is that if you took it at shiny, the color scheme on its orbs is the exact same as the color scheme of the old War of the World aliens from the 1953 movie. That is some... That's why uh, BEM is Bug-Eyed Monster, because that's what the World of the World aliens were. I and that right. is like some top-tier level of reference to throw into that old film. I think that was a phenomenal job by the Game Freak Company. Now, finally, the last Pokemon I want to talk about, and it's one of the most American Pokemon to ever exist. There's some people thinking it's Braviary, and that is wrong. It is Tyrantrum, the T-Rex. There's nothing more American than a T-Rex. T-Rexes are only found in North America. Most sites are found in the United States of America. There is a large one in Canada, but the most sighting, the most findings of T-Rex fossils are in the United States of America. You can find some of their relatives in Mongolia, but to find the true Tyrannosaurus Rex, the true terrible lizard, the king of all monsters back in the time for us, it's there. It's the United States. To me, it's one of the most American things about us. Now, you could say that uh, freedom uh, finds a way. Freedom finds a way. (laughs) (laughs) So it is the most well-known – one of the most well-known dinosaurs on the planet, and that's just because when people first discovered it, this thing – looked like a dragon to what people saw. This thing had a massive teeth, massive size, and our own imaginations took over. The way we perceived T-Rex throughout the decades has changed, throughout the centuries has changed. Uh, The way it's carried itself has changed several times throughout history. So that's actually really, really cool to take a look at is see how we used to think they sat on their tail how we used to think they stood upright almost like a person did, but now we, we see it that more like Jurassic Park-like walk. There's still debates today about this thing. Uh, Along with how fast they can move and their like their uh, preferred hunting style. Mm-hmm. What's their diet yeah. specifically? It's like exactly. I think the, cur- the current ones, there's still arguments on if they had feathers because we found that many dinosaurs in their group of dinosaurs had feathers. So not all dinosaurs had feathers. But yeah. the pteropods, these guys, pteropods... There were some that did, and so there's thoughts that the T-Rex had some kind of feather coverage for, for heat control on the body. Uh, that others, is an interesting one because the, um, the Pokédex does mention um, – at the Ultrasun entry mentions how um, allowing room for theories, its entire body was once covered with a feather-like coat. Um, yeah, but 
as of right now, the last I read, the T-Rex fossils specifically, we haven't seen like the imprints of like the feather quills that some like raptor fossils have, but it's definitely like a possibility. If there's one thing I've learned about fossils is that China recently opened up their fossil findings. If we're going to find any evidence for this sort of thing, it'll probably be there and just how close it can get. I will also point out that in China, one of the theories is that the Tyrannosaurus's teeth might have had uh, lip-like scales to protect it. So that's one other theory as to what of of this animal so where there's still so much being learned about this amazing dinosaur now with the pokemon tyron and tyrantrum a lot in common so like you mentioned they are going to be of uh, they're going to be they might have had feathers they mentioned that uh they also say it's at roughly 100 million years old which is pretty close to accurate these animals were around right at the tail end of when the dinosaurs all got wiped out uh the Jurassic Park should have been uh, Cretaceous Park. Change my yeah, a hundred percent should have been. Yep. Cretaceous Park. Yep. It should have been, but no, it's not should've. nearly as fun of a name to say. Uh, the other thing is that it behaved like a king. When you find a T Rex skeleton, you don't find it with another group of T Rexes. T Rexes had their bones and fossils had such a wide range out there. One of the prevailing theories is that this animal was such a big and large hunter. It, it's similar to a saltwater crocodile. These animals have their own turf. Nobody messes with it, and they hunt in these very large, large, large ranges. Cretaceous Park would have never been able to hold a T-Rex with this kind of range, just based on what we found in the fossil records. It's because the T-Rex doesn't want to be fed. He wants to hunt. Quite. But I'm going to keep quoting ha, the movie. Ha, yeah, we're going to keep going. Come on. You love the uh, movie. Uh, you love it. Will, uh, you love it. Uh, find a way. <laughs> Yeah, then that's that's All pretty right, much it on. with these animals. Like, there's tons of things we can talk about when it comes to America. With Braviary, we can mention the bald eagle and how majestic it is. With any of the dogs, we can mention how awesome it is. And we might do it in the future episode. But these are the ones, to me, that are just either forgotten or just really have something interesting about American history and culture. Like I've been saying, a lot of people have their thoughts on the United States. You've noticed on this podcast we have our different thoughts on this country. But... There's some unique things here, and I hope that after listening to this, you guys appreciate it just a little bit more. So with that being said, I think it's time we wrap things up. Ah, another freedom-packed episode. All right, so uh, any last words, guys? Um, yeah, I've got a couple of book recommendations if uh, anyone's interested in this kind of stuff and wants to read up on it. One, um, kind of going into bison, which I actually learned a lot from this book. It's a really good read. Yeah, I think it's called American Bison by Steve Ranella. And it's an interesting read because he's actually – the writer is half half of the book. It goes back and forth between him actually hunting a bison and then uh, also going back to the history of the animal. And another great read is American Serengeti by Dan Flores who writes about um, some of the current – animals of the American like Midwest and West, as well as some of the ones that are no longer around um, and their impacts on American culture and society. Um, yeah, both great reads, not too long. Definitely recommend it. Uh, just James Lowen and James Lowen. I guess it's time to wrap things up. So again, uh, me and Don were just at Metrocon. That was awesome. We had a great panel to all the people who were watching us there. You guys were a lot of fun. 
Shout out to the guy I clicker trained to sleep on the ground. That was a lot. That of was fun. hilarious. <laughs> I just threw animal crackers at him, and, and that was that was great. I'm sorry to that guy. You were a real trooper. Thank you so much for coming for the rest of them. You guys are weird. No, it worked. You're all. Hold on. You're all weirdos. <laughs> no, but we were at MetroCon. They're all weirdos, and they're my weirdos. I love that con. If you ever get a chance. Hey, seriously though. Thank you for all the people who've come out and seen us at conventions. Um, you know, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Pokemon Science, Pokey Science. Uh, if you enjoy the show, do us a favor, legitimate, a legitimate favor. Just share the show with one friend. <laughs> That's all it takes. <laughs> Even one can make a difference. Please. Please. All right. Uh, uh, at the end of his pleading, I do agree with him as well. If you tell one friend about it, that's how we got where we are. We are small compared to some others, but we love you all so much for listening to us every single time. And if you're just listening, welcome. I hope you like this talk about bison, freedom, and ice cream. So thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Until then, bye-bye, everybody. Peace out, guys. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>